Hello and welcome to the Community Health Podcast powered by Community Therapy, where we talk all things community healthcare. I'm your host, Scott Lynch. Oral health in the community. Have you considered the barriers to oral health for older adults and people living with disabilities? Mobility, transport, mental health, cognitive impairments, access to funding, the list of potential barriers are quite large across socioeconomic domains. Today, we dive deep into oral health and have the pleasure of speaking to dental hygienist and founder of Dental at Home, Phoebe Bell. Welcome, Phoebe. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me on the Community Health Podcast. It's a true pleasure to be here speaking with you today. Yeah, and we first caught up and had a bit of an introduction to each other a couple of weeks back now. Um, It was lovely listening to your passion for oral health across older adults and people living with disabilities and and hearing about your background. But tell the listeners a little bit about your professional background and what led you to founding Dental at Home. Sure thing. So a bit about myself. Uh, I've been a dental practitioner for over 10 years I graduated at the University of Newcastle in 2010 and I've worked in Sydney, Melbourne, New Zealand, Central Coast and Newcastle areas in private practice. Uh, I've always had a passion and desire to help our seniors and people living with disabilities to help help them live a more fulfilling life. And thankfully, a few years ago, I was incredibly lucky to be offered a position which combined both of my passions, dentistry and aged care. I worked in one of Sydney's elite luxury care facilities, and they were fortunate enough to have their own on-site dental clinic, which I worked in and managed. Yeah, that's quite amazing um, and definitely don't see um, that type of service all the time in residential aged care facilities and somewhat speaks to already, you know, one of the topics today of the socioeconomic differences of access to services. Absolutely. Um, how did that transition then occur from working there to then um, starting to found your own practice? Well, actually, working in this facility really opened my eyes to the sad reality that oral health and hygiene, it's not a priority, Um, and it was heartbreaking for me to see. Uh, I wanted to make a change and to make a difference, Um, and as you would know, oral health is linked to many systemic and mental health problems, so... I wondered why isn't it a priority and I I guess, you know, a lot of these facilities are, you know, understaffed and the staff are under a lot of pressure so it's just low on that list. And then you started to then see those things, I guess, with barriers across the community as well with old adults and people living with disabilities having similar issues of oral health not being focused on. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I've been working on a movement to make this essential dental care and oral health accessible and achievable for people who are less mobile. 
And yeah, not only is you know, dental health and um, oral health linked to you know poor outcomes across many healthcare conditions, but I always like with my background across residential aged care and um, supporting older adults living with dementia, but also now seeing the same sorts of things across the community with um, our services across the community to the home for older adults or people living with disabilities. Often when we talk about, and for those listening on the video right now in quotations I'm doing, behaviours. We're often talking about behaviours for if somebody's living with an intellectual disability or a cognitive impairment and that could be living with dementia. Sometimes those behaviours are simply that maybe somebody's quite uncomfortable, maybe they have pain, um, maybe there's an unmet care need there. It's certainly not comfortable when you don't have good oral health and many of those behaviours I'm sure you saw in your time in residential care could possibly just easily be linked to poor oral health. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So that's uh, our model of care is that we do have a state-of-the-art um, mobile dental equipment on wheels, basically, and, and we deliver care and treatment, you know, bedside and from the comfort of people's homes or school or work or wherever, wherever it may be that suits them. Um, but just going back to what you were saying, uh, I did recognise that there was a bit of a lack of education around uh, oral health and, uh, you know, uh, pain and uh, triggers that might prompt dental referrals. So as a part of our business model, we do offer and provide in-service oral health training to care staff, RNs, family members on topics uh, such as uh, strategies around how to manage oral care for a person living with dementia or with a disability and behaviours that may manifest due to oral pain. Uh, so we have included that and that is something I'm really passionate about. Yeah, that's fantastic. Maybe we should speak to some of these barriers to access, especially not only across residential aged care, but across the community. You know, we've seen some great things with increased access to evidence-based allied health services, um, whether that's um, through the growth of um, funding through home care packages and, and other related community aged care programs or through the NDIS mm. um, and but in my, my speaking to you so far before the recording, sort of describing still quite a lot of barriers to entry there to access funding for oral health, maybe tell the listeners about some of the barriers that you're encountering. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, unfortunately, at this point of time for people um, over the age of 17, there is a, a lack of funding and it's a, it's a real problem. And, you know, again, it, it, my heart aches um, that people aren't able to access care for this reason. Um, there is one positive. Uh, the government currently has a, a dental scheme for children aged um, between two to 17 years of age. Uh, so I guess in that demographic, uh, we're able to, to assist, but we're still fighting to get funding from any place, anywhere for people to be able to access, you know, this essential dental care and treatment. 
So at the moment, if you're, let's say you're an organization supporting um, somebody living with a disability, they may be receiving funding under the NDIS, you're telling us that it's quite um, difficult for those services to be funded at all under the NDIS? It, it can be, uh, unless somebody is experiencing quite a lot of pain, uh, then I think that some of that funding is considered and allocated, but uh, applications do need to be put forth for that. Um, our, our business model is focused more on preventative dentistry to try and help eliminate, you know, these emergency call, calls that we do receive on a daily basis due, due to people needing teeth extracted. Um, so to have funding just for basic preventative care would just be amazing. And I guess it, it, when I spoke to you previously, this conversation around dental, oral health and um, the NDIS at least reminds me a lot around disability-related health support conversations between health and the NDIA around conditions such as diabetes when it was finally recognised several years ago now that certain health conditions that are typically more funded under just our mainstream health services that have pre-existed to NDIS and, and when things were state and territory funded as well are still, they still need to be considered at what times they should be funded by the NDIS as well and there may be a combination there and and, and that has commenced and, and been gathering awareness. It's still disability-related health supports under the NDIS is probably still one of the most poorly understood components when um, just providers and informal supports, participants, coordinators of support, it's still gathering that awareness of where the line lies there. But I'd say oral health is very much something that needs to be considered under that banner of if somebody, yes, dental care and oral is very much under normal health services too. However, these are things that are dramatically impacted by somebody's disability and it becomes not simply something that can be mainstream. Um, often there are those more specialist services and knowledge uh, such as yourself that needs to be able to bring those services to the home but also has more extended scope across those barriers of understanding behaviours and cognitive impairments and, and different disabilities as well. So hopefully there's more advocacy um, going along that path from um, associations on maybe tying it into at least disability-related health supports to begin with. Yeah, absolutely, in collaboration with other allied health professionals, especially our speeches and uh, dietitians, um, they can definitely uh, pick up on a lot of um, oral disease and the manifestations of it. Um, you know, many dependent older people and people with disabilities have difficulty brushing their own teeth, uh, and it's not easy for a family member or carer to clean another person's mouth. So the mouth of a person who cannot brush themselves is often left unclean and it's poor oral health is so prevalent um, in this demographic and it has a snowball effect which impacts many aspects of people's lives. Um, I have a few questions. I like to ask people to put oral health into a different perspective. Um, how well do you think you could taste, chew, swallow, speak? 
smile or express yourself with confidence if you didn't have good oral health and how do you think you would feel if your inability if your ability to enjoy food was impaired due to dental pain or disease and following from that how well can your body function without adequate nutrition if you if you're not eating well so you can see the flow on effect oral health can have on one um, on a person's quality of life what are some of the common um, referral triggers that you see? Maybe if we speak to older adults living in the community at the moment, where are those referrals being triggered from? Is this usually a, um, a registered nurse, a home care coordinator? Is it um, more a GP or practice nurse in a setting? Um, I assume a lot of those referrals that you get, um, like what we see across a lot of allied health in general, uh, more of a, a, a crisis or emergent sort of care, mm-hmm. not always preventative, unfortunately. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, what, maybe describe a, a typical referral that you've been seeing over the last couple of months in the community for an older adult. Sure. Well, look, every day we receive emergency calls for people in in pain, unable to eat, Um, you know, their teeth need to be extracted urgently due to dental pain. Uh, Another common referral we have is sort of broken dentures and Mm -hmm. lost dentures and um, or or sort of sore and and bleeding gums that are, it's affecting people's um, ability to sleep and eat and, and function really. And are they are they similar referrals that you receive across residential aged care as well? Absolutely, absolutely. And usually in the aged care sector, we do get a call from um, the RN. Uh, they do have our details, and um, they give us a call or send us an email that a certain resident needs to be seen for whatever reason. And and generally, um, over the last few months. Uh, Particularly with COVID, where we are limiting our service scope um, to more emergency care. So there has been um, a lot of teeth extractions over the course of time. <laughs> yeah. And have you seen, um, is it similar like care needs and referral needs across people living with disability as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's very similar. Very, very similar. Okay. Um, what are some things that you would like listeners to know in terms of oral health, knowing that um, you might be speaking to allied health professionals, listening, um, you're speaking to coordinators, people that maybe are um, overseeing um, policies and procedures across NDIS and, and home care and residential aged care facilities. What are some things to put oral health first or, or also to just make things easier um, on the front line to one do those sort of preventative things, but two, know how and when to, you know, trigger that referral to somebody like yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, you know, oral health links to many systemic health issues like dementia or the progression of dementia, heart disease, stroke, diabetes, mental health, the list goes on. Um, bacteria can enter the gum through inflamed gums uh, and uh, it, it can enter through to the bloodstream, sorry, through inflamed gums. And this is where systemic uh, issues uh, begin to manifest. And I guess uh, in aged care, there are 
people being prescribed a lot of medications that can cause a dry mouth, xerostomia, um, as we call it in the dental world. Uh, so looking out for things like dry, cracked lips, um, you know, any redness or um, difficulties uh, talking and swallowing and chewing food, um, they are all uh, reasons to, to think about perhaps giving us a call um, and all referral triggers. Um, and just knowing that, you know, that our service is here and is, is available now, um, you know, we we have you know studied the art equipment including you know x-ray units dental compressors we go anywhere anytime um and i think you know the important message that i want to get across today is that you know there is a service out there um available and, and willing and wanting to help these people in our community um you know, our practitioners take a moral and ethical approach to practice and we like to consider ourselves to be an all-inclusive service. And I guess our focus is really on giving people the opportunity to maintain their dignity, their health, well-being and their quality of life. While, you, while you're speaking, I'm just taking time to have a look at the Facebook page as well because I think most people know at Community Therapy we're quite into um, communication and spreading awareness and, you know, those channels are quite fantastic through social as well. And uh, Yes, yes. And that's why we do the podcast. You know, we're very into communication. Um, and yeah, Love it. There's some great stuff on your Facebook here. What's, this <laughs> mas what's the mascot that you've got in the back? Oh, I know. He's cute, isn't he? That's um, awesome. uh, Al Albert the Alligator. He, yeah. he often rides with us and comes got to appointments. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, he's a um, puppet mascot and um, definitely. I assume you use that for maybe some education for youngsters as well? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, kids are often met with Albert before they even meet myself awesome. or, or whatever dentist is with us and they get to have a play and we demonstrate and practice and Albert also comes to schools and preschools with us when we do visit them. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. It looks, yeah, just I can get a real feel for the services here on the Facebook page. Oh, thank it, you. There's a real um, amount of innovation um, of what you're doing um, at Dental at Home, of bringing these services to the community. And obviously that's what, you know, we're driven by at Community Therapy and um, of providing evidence-based health services in the home. We believe that to be, the you know, a big part of the future and the future is already here for community health, so it's wonderful that um, you're a part of that. You're one of our people. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. What an amazing community to be a part of. Ah, oh, 100%. It's just fantastic. <laughs> and looking at, yeah, some of the photos of the team out on the road and, yeah, these, it's um I think it's it's always lovely in healthcare when you know you get a, there's great outcomes for clients of um, improved access to mobile healthcare, but it's also great outcomes for clinicians as well. Um, community roles are just such engaging and rewarding roles to be out in the home and being able to have more impact on healthcare in the home as well. So as a physiotherapist by trade myself, but also obviously overseeing and supporting team, we often see all the extra initiatives 
um, and strategies and self-management strategies that we can support by being in somebody's home. And I assume your team and yourself gets to see similar of um, oral health, maybe in a traditional clinic, you can say all of these things of strategies and how is that oral health routine being managed, but being in someone's home and being like, great, maybe show me the bathroom. and That's exactly let's where, right. Let's see where all these things are and where is there a routine there? And maybe if it's a person living with a disability or a cognitive impairment, memory impairments, and they're needing help with planning and routines, where well, you're able to see where you could put a resource for somebody so that it's right front and centre in a really repeatable place to prompt those things. Are they advantages that you're seeing as well? Oh, absolutely. And I just want to go back to what you said about being rewarding. You know, it's just, yeah, my heart is full every day that we're out helping people in the community. Um, And I guess uh, in regards to prompts with uh, people with... um, sort of memory limitations, um, one thing that we do commonly recommend is um, a short uh, checklist um, to be popped on the bathroom mirror. So when people are going to the bathroom in the morning, have their shower and they get out and they can have that reminder of, you know, let's brush our teeth. Um, don't forget to put some toothpaste on the toothbrush and and go about your business. But we are definitely focused on individual care and personalised programs for people and being in somebody's home with their carer or family members around we can all work together to achieve the optimum result yeah it's fantastic and i think um the way we could sort of wrap up today's episode of one is just thinking about a rate raising awareness here for oral health and if people um, entering um, people's homes over the coming weeks when after you've listened to this episode when you're supporting somebody in the community and, and typically it's going to be an older adult or a person living with a disability is first just consider is this person meeting their oral health needs? And our occupational therapists and, and speech pathologists and dietitians typically will be looking at um, and coming across that care need and triggering um, appropriate referrals there. So this information is going to be fantastic for our team as well. But this can be support workers, personal care, uh, coordinators, registered nurses of consider that um, and it's hard when we're frontline healthcare workers you've got a mountain of care needs to always be thinking of but Mm. you can make those considerations um, and thought process second nature through repetition and all of the things that you already think about and, and I can sort of as I'm walking into somebody's house, I'm assessing slips and trip hazards on the driveway and what's the entry like and I'm looking at the environment and how are they walking and then you're looking at how they're achieving and their activities of daily living, all of these things, you just your brain's just processing them because that's what you've always, and you've learnt and you've stacked that information. Well, I would prompt listeners to add a new piece of information to that normal processing and Think about oral health. When that person's speaking, can you see any triggers there? Are you seeing anything um, in their mouth? Is there a smell that um, because you've been up and close? And that may be a little bit different at the time of recording with physical distancing and mask use, but um, definitely 
maybe it's support workers, et cetera, the masks will be removed and you've still got to attend to assisting people with eating and drinking and, and oral health as well. So first, it's always look and consider the oral health care need. And then if there is an unmet care need there, whether it's preventative or more of an urgent um, care need, trigger the referral and across the regions that you're covering of Sydney, Central Coast, Hunter, etc. considering someone um, like yourself and if, you know, knowing that people listen beyond our regions, you just need to be looking up um, whether it's mobile dental, mobile oral health, have a quick Google and um, offer some choice and control to your consumers and participants with some referral pathways. But a really important thing for community aged care and disability providers is to have um, defined referral pathways. So if you're a coordinator or a manager of an organisation, um, and you're looking after care needs of consumers and participants in the community and you don't have oral health referral pathways already within your system, you should look at addressing that so it doesn't have to be so reactive and a care needs identified and you can pass that referral on. And it's probably important to have quite a strong referral pathway relationship with someone like yourself when there are funding barriers, it's important to have a clear process there so that that referral can be passed to you. And then there's a knowledge that an organisation like yourself will have that discussion with the consumer or the participant and their informal supports of how they are best going to fund that service. How does mm -hmm. that rundown sound like? Yeah, look, well said. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. have said it any better myself. Yeah, I think that's the best way of, like, people thinking about that situation. Identify the care need and if you're in control of sort of the referral pathways, um, consider if you have something in place there. And, and my assumption of, you know, a, a decade working in the industry so far is that a lot of organisations probably won't have very defined referral pathways um, for oral health. And we've seen a rapid change in the community um, landscape, for, especially for care of um, older adults and people living with disabilities, where there's been a, a rapid increase in availability of services and support. And, and you need a, a change in awareness and education to gather momentum with that as well. And I've seen that improve across physio and OT and speech and diet, but across all other types of services um, that are available to support people living at home as well. And it sounds like that awareness is still rising for the, the need for oral health as well. Uh, it absolutely is. And, you know, this is, um, that's why I'm here today. And, you know, I've, I've got to thank you for giving me this opportunity to, to help spread the word and to, to build the awareness on oral health and, you know, the connection to quality of life and overall health and well-being. So, yeah, it would be great to all work together on this one. Um, here and always open to support if anyone does have any questions um, about how we can get better access and yeah we, we are here and open and available. You're very welcome we'll share this wide across our social networks of LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram primarily but it'll also go up on the website and naturally across 
um, all of the favourite podcast streaming things. We just press our magic buttons on the laptop and it somehow appears everywhere. Um, (laughs) Wonderful. We'll tag tag you in those so that um, you see that and that will help spread the awareness too. But, yeah, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. Um, It's it's sometimes confronting for people to have a bit of a conversation and talk about these things, but your passion and, um, and energy really shines through and you can also see your clinical confidence with the things that you, you speak about. So that's always a pleasure to speak to uh, people like yourself on these sorts of things. So thanks for your time today. Yeah, likewise. Great to be connected to a like-minded community. Thank you all. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Until next time, we'll speak to you soon. And uh, one of our next episodes, we're going to be speaking to an experienced registered nurse with advanced training in infection control. And we think that's something quite timely as um, we, um, at the time of recording, are about to start to shift gear into a different phase of the COVID-19 pandemic. And we shift into that epidemic phase. But infection control will become just as important and possibly even more important, especially for regions um, that maybe have not experienced as many cases and into 2022 will start to experience positive cases in their community as public health restrictions change. So that'll be a great episode for everyone to listen to. All right, everyone, take care. Goodbye.